0: Hello and welcome to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And this week, we'll be talking about chapter 18 just as soon as these timed drugs wear off.
1: Yeah, I'm really sleepy still. Oh, think- they had, they I think had you know Yui all my, my personal
0: information.
1: Yeah, he had my biometrics off just a bit. Oh. I'm still very tired. Damn it, Yui. <laughs> can't do anything right <laughs> right I was gonna say that he can't even betray people properly <laughs> oh. oh so moving on from last week boy howdy oh yeah this one's not super fun everyone just as a heads no. up yeah I'm gonna be kind of irascible about this chapter <laughs> it's not a word that gets used enough not yeah. And
0: just, just everyone knows up front, this is a chapter that since there is a female character in a book in peril, it has mm-hmm. to be sexual peril.
1: Yeah, so uh, um, just a content warning moving forward. There is discussion, uh, discussion of people discussing sexual assault. So know that going in. Yeah. Yeah, it's no fun. So um, as we do every week, we start with the epigram from the Princess Yerulan. So, I will take that this week since you so kindly read last week's. And it goes a little something like this There should be a science of discontent. People need hard times and oppression to develop psychic muscles. From the collected sayings of Muad'Dib. So, I Shut say, up. this is some fucking
0: bullshit. <laughs> That's some starving artist, like, oh, only. Someone who knows true pain can do true work. It's like,
1: you shouldn't take antidepressants. It'll, it'll suppress your art. Fuck Uh, you, Paul. He's just trying to
0: make the best of a really bad situation. He's like, I don't know. I got to develop my psychic muscles. This is
1: what happens when your Messiah is a fucking teenager. What the (laughs) fuck do they know? Like, seriously, I'm mad, Megan. (laughs) What does a teenager know? very little very little a spoiled royal like a noble (laughs) teen what does he know about hardship for crying out loud this is like what's happening to him now is the first hardship that he's ever encountered yeah yeah no that's true i mean Um, you think about it the fremens have built a whole religion around a shitty teen (laughs) they were hoping
0: he'd be a little cooler
1: yeah, this is a little bit like John Connor. Like <laughs> this is just my problem with T2 is that like <laughs> the whole movie centers around a killing robot like a, a murder robot taking orders from a shitty teenager i hate it so much i know that that's an iconic movie but seriously john connor is the fucking worst and i will go out on a limb here and put him right up there with paul atreides
0: you have to have a certain mindset though to like send your buddy back in time to bang your mom right you have to be real focused <laughs> got like.
1: I mean, just, was he ever tempted to call him dad?
0: I never saw that one. That one with
1: uh, no. That later one. <laughs> we're the we're the most prepared. Anton Yelchin. <laughs> oh, right. Was he in one of
0: those? Yeah, he was like, um, yeah, like. Oh my Did God. he play Kyle? I yeah. I think oh so. no. Yes. Oh. Oh, maybe.
1: I mean, I'm okay with that.
0: Okay, let me me go down here. (laughs) Um, We are professional people. (laughs) Or not at all. This will make a great stinger. He was in too many movies, so it's like taking mm-hmm. me forever to. Am I completely wrong? It wasn't
1: Salvation. It was it. Salvation. Yeah, he was
0: Kyle Reese. That's right. I knew it.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. I-, I think he's a good Kyle Reese, and he's a good actor. R.I.P. D. Yeah. But uh... <laughs> when you have to grow up
0: to give your buddy like a picture of your mom, just like, hey, dude, get a
1: load of this. <laughs> Um the future of humanity depends on you going back in time and really
0: awkwardly hitting on my mom. And just
1: giving it to her. <laughs> like in the worst way. <laughs> Up against a refrigerator,
0: Kyle. Hi. I know you're
1: in a very small hotel room, but I sir. know you're the forty year old virgin, but <laughs> not his fault. I know. I mean, you, they never stop fighting long enough to have the relations.
0: It's That's my really favorite sad. part in that entire movie. Is probably <laughs> when she, Sarah's like all freaked out. And she's just like talked to me, and he's like,
1: "What about what, <laughs> Kyle?" I fucking love Kyle Reese. Like, amen. We we have established this. You and I like this is one of the tenets. (laughs) This is one of the flagpoles of our friendship. Is is a mutual love for Michael B. (laughs) As Kyle Reese. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, he's very whoopy. He's just so okay. But anyway, anyway, he's not in Dune. sadly sadly i'm sure someone's
0: written about that but i have not found that fanfic yet but
1: but in any case yes i'm I'm not on board with this like Mm -mm. with paul's whole philosophy of like you need oppression to be able to to like be better like no no you don't paul yeah because that's always
0: that's either you're giving really... Like, you're trying to give bad, comforting advice to someone. hmm You know? Like,
1: and... it's like, oh, you know, you're going to come out stronger mm-hmm. after this. You don't know that. Or it's you making
0: excuses for oppressing people. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah certainly none of uh, that going on in this universe. Uh, <laughs> no,
1: not at all.
0: But so <laughs> Paul is not very much in this chapter even but he's I in mean, every he's,
1: epigraph so he's in it he's but everywhere. yeah just just this sentiment just really ticks me off and no i had to get that out right away
0: it's almost a dangerous sentiment because it is sort of similar to you yeah. know when people will say oh you know if, if you take if you take that zoloft it'll mm-hmm. ruin your poetry or something it's no like, um... it won't
1: it will because your brain is broken okay and <laughs> having a broken brain doesn't mean that you're a better artist and it's okay if you're sick to take medicine yeah like that's the thing your your body is so your brain is part of your body your body is sick it needs medicine yeah like this makes me so angry yeah, if you, or it's, if you need it's like insulin, like... if you have
0: diabetes, you, yeah. you take insulin. If your body isn't, it's that meme, you know, if your yeah. body doesn't make neurotransmitters, store-bought are fine. Yes,
1: exactly. So, <laughs> shut up, Paul. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> Boy, talk about a kid that could use some Zoloft.
0: or <laughs> some, this just, like, right. I think, honestly, what he needed, and this is so, like, he just maybe a friend yeah maybe just a chance to or maybe
1: just someone to tell him like um you need to like calm down yeah yeah
0: get some you know other friends and your parents chill out a it's... little
1: and yes his his yeah we're we're gonna get into it yes his father yeah that's sad and everything but <laughs> you know the gig it's part of your life like it's it's always a danger when you grow up nobility like if there's always going to be a danger Maybe to your life and your wear personhood.
0: Your frickin' shields.
1: <laughs> Turn on your
0: shields.
1: Oh man. Uh, Ruin so the lines we talk about of this? all your
0: outfits.
1: Should we talk about this chapter? I guess. So uh we are with Lady Jessica. This chapter. We start off with her waking up. Uh she's kind of uh, not sure why she feels so sluggish she's kind of out of it uh she's got a weird taste in her mouth she hears strange sounds in the dark and uh realizes that she's bound and gagged and has been drugged and yeah and she can remember as she comes
0: to that Mm -hmm. something had moved in her bedroom and then Mm -hmm. basically like a chloroform rag was put over her face it's right. not that, you know, space chloroform, but mm-hmm. the the essential is still the same. Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, she's realizing that it was, you know, she's like, well, this was easy for them.
1: <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh,
0: good. Uh, she realizes that she's not in her bedroom, that she's somewhere else, and mm-hmm. she's trying to figure out where she is, yeah. where Paul is, and where Leto is.
1: They've put her in some specific bindings, called shell bindings, which... uh basically like dig in and become tighter the more you struggle Mm
0: -hmm. um
1: and it's uh it's important to note that she is gagged so she can't use the voice uh she's like trying to orient herself and pretending to still be asleep when someone comes in the room she's like oh fake it and they say oh i know you're not i know you're awake so quit playing and it's the baron oh Imagine waking up and there's the Baron. Ugh. Just in any circumstances. <laughs>
0: no, rude. Just walking into the other room and there's the Baron. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> you can't do
1: that. Yeah. Um he's basically Deciding to, like, <laughs> this is one of those classic, like, things where the villain sort of tells the their victim like everything that they've done I'm just like why why do you need to waste your breath on this like you have clear plans for her you don't need to explain it all to her I don't understand why they do this but anyway the Baron's like ah yes we have you on a time drug we knew all and she's she figures it out from that that in order for a time drug to work they would need to know her exact height her exact weight all of her like sleep patterns and biometrics like all of her physical data that could only come from dr yui so she's finally like finally Uh, uh, finally (laughs) Finally. caught on and it's
0: too late
1: yeah well paul is still figuring it out but yeah well he's
0: gonna this 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 begins my descent into Let me just talk to (laughs) Paul the Sass Mouth for just like five minutes. But he is not in the room. This is the room that they're still like Autorack is still in the the palace or what you know, the the villa or whatever it is. They're Mm -hmm. in the room where Paul had slept for safety. Which I think kind of sort of funny when she wakes up and is like, Where am I? This isn't my room. (laughs) It's like, oh this is that shitty room I put my kid in
1: (laughs) (laughs) for safety. Yeah. And for boasting at dinner. Yeah, well, that's probably mostly it. <laughs> um, For being a fucking show-off.
0: I do like that the Baron is wearing a yellow cape, just because it's like, I you get know. so little detail about clothing it's that when so we do flamboyant. get it, it is so just like, hey. <laughs> uh, so the Baron is like, sorry that you're gagged, because we
1: could have an interesting
0: conversation. It's really gross. He's being gross. But I,
1: but I know that you have your little ability so mm-hmm. uh and then also
0: uh piter is there he comes in she knows him like she recognizes him um she realizes that even though he has the the blue and blue eyes that would make her mm-hmm. you know it makes someone think that he is from arrakis she could tell he isn't because he's too too water fat mm-hmm. uh and so she realizes that he's just addicted to spice uh there is this moment where when she's doing this sort of overview of Piter, yeah. that she thinks that something about him suggested. This is a quote: "effeminacy," which is just
1: yeah. Like, that was ah. like, eh, did we need
0: that? Was that necessary? And I get that. I think because like when what happens is that you know, so the Baron is then saying, um, like she she gets really freaked out when she hears Peter's voice because she can tell from his voice that this is just like an evil, an evil person, a killer. Yeah. And the Baron he's says- He's up to
1: yeah. no good. Yeah.
0: She, the Baron is like, well, you know, Piter thinks that he's here to get his prize, which is you, but I want to offer him something else. So the idea, because he, you know, kind of is that we're, you know, we've we've been led to believe up till now when this was referenced that, that Piter was interested in Jessica sexually but mm-hmm. I guess this combined with her quote unquote seeing effeminacy, is meant to think that he's just like a sadist. Mm. and was just going to like do terrible things to her just to have yeah, done them. I can them. see that. Uh, Cause that's always sort of the impression that I got because I feel like in the, in the movie, I think it does come across a little more like sexual just because I think, you know, Brad Dureff's playing it a little more mm-hmm. that way. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's early worm tongue practice, and <laughs> so the but, but yeah, it's just one of those little references where you're like Frank,
1: yeah, ew.
0: All the villains don't have to be effeminate.
1: You know, these books were written in the what sixties, mm-hmm. but even that, it's like. It's really no excuse. It's really yeah, gross. Since... I don't appreciate the coded language here. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Especially since, you know, we we learn from his, you know, from, from the, the, the stuff that goes on after that, that he wasn't necessarily interested in her because he wanted to, you know, assault her or thought mm-hmm. that, you know, she could be his mistress or whatever. It's something else. But... We get that. So you don't have to also say, well, he kind of probably wasn't interested in her sexually because you know, oh, he was so fae. And it's like, come on. Mm.
1: Ugh. Ugh.
0: We've already done this. We've been through this already with the yeah. Baron. And now it's like, Oh, so this is just his cadre? Yeah. Evil it's a homosexuals. Like, no. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. unacceptable.
1: It is. It it is definitely a problem for me. So Yeah. <laughs> I but luckily, didn't I mean, like
0: it. spoiler alert, we won't have to worry about piter for much longer. So <laughs> Yeah we, you know, he's, uh, we are reminded that the Baron is fat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, once again, In case you just, forgot. So she's, there is interest, like, I do think it's interesting that Jessica blames the Baron for, for Piter because she's just like, how could the Baron have made such an animal out of a Mentat? It's like, I don't know yeah. that Mentats are necessarily like these perfect human I beings. I'm a yeah. piece of shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> um I was thinking about this earlier, as I often do about how mad sure. I am about Thufer. Sure. And it was just it's so frustrating because the entire conversation that they have, it is so like if if a man had been telling him all of that, even if the man was saying, Oh, I learned all this because of my super secret magic training, he'd where, be like,
1: Okay, cool.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Teach it's like, me. It's like, you know, I do not belittle abilities of people when you are a human computer. Yeah. A human computer dude with Kool-Aid mouth. <laughs> and so then he offers the Baron offers uh Piter he, the he says if she he could take Jessica and then he'll be exiled. Or he could rule Arrakis and like be like the duke and name
1: yeah he gives them like a last minute sort of deal like you can do one or the other and you know you can tell piter's like oh man he's really thinking about it. because the thing is is that in order for it to look like it was some kind of like i don't know like a local uprising or or just some you know the harkonnen's taking over whatever the the thing is is that they can't kill jessica and paul directly mm-hmm. they can't have bodies to answer for you know the other houses of the lands will be like "Oh, uh, this is an atrocity and the emperor will look bad and be implicated so like everything has to kind of be like above board murder <laughs> yeah so <laughs> uh. which i i don't know this this whole thing like these machinations just are very head scratchy to me <laughs> but I'm not an underhanded person, so no, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not an evil baron. Yeah, yes. don't listen to my ex-husband. But yeah, I'm not. <laughs> um. So
0: yeah. So the the baron, so Peter, Peter, Peter. I don't know, dude. Uh, he decides that he's going to take Arrakis. Like he wants to be the duke, and Jessica's just like
1: does he know the Baron's lying? Like, yeah, like, dude, can you, can't you tell? Uh, and, you know. But I, she's not particularly inclined to,
0: like, help him out or oh, anything. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> and then she does refer to him as a twisted mentat, which just, mm-hmm. it sounds like a band.
1: It does. Some uh, kind of post-punk <laughs> nonsense. Uh, so uh,
0: the Baron is just, like, no, he talks a lot he's just like haha like I knew he'd pick mm-hmm. that like Wah-ha-ha. I made a bet about it <laughs> yeah exactly if he had a mustache he'd twirl it
1: oh for sure
0: and he's just doing that yeah and he's doing his whole like bond villain speech about you know it's like, I have no problem with you I just have to do this and yeah. I'm gesturing even though this is an audio podcast and so I just like <laughs> slap my microphone so that's great
1: um the makes it authentic it does <laughs>
0: Um, uh, and, oh, and the important thing is that so he mentions that the guard he's going to bring in to get Jessica is deaf, so that even if the gag like comes out, she can't use the voice on him. Right. And he tells Piter that, like, you know, you can do whatever you want, like, just as long as we're not implicated. And then he's worried. She Jessica realizes that the Baron is worried that a truth might come and question him.
1: Uh, specifically... The Emperor's truth there. The Reverend Mother Helen. The re- yes, the Reverend Mother Guy Helen. Helen. Yeah, because, you know, she's... I don't know. I, I guess they know that Jessica was her pupil. So, would mm-hmm. and she'd probably be kind of pissed. But also, like, she's probably... would know all the legalities. Like, okay, yeah, it was kind of legal for you to kill Leto. But totally not legal for you to kill Jessica. So... Again, it's this wonky, like, <laughs> political maneuvering. Yeah. That he's she, more worried, at, that everyone's so worried
0: about. Because Jessica realizes that if the Baron is worried that it's going to be specifically the Emperor's truthsayer, then, then the, the Emperor, Emperor is involved. Yeah. yeah. And she's kind of slowly realizing that Leto is dead. Mm hmm. I, I think she doesn't really, like, acknowledge it quite yet but she's realizing that all these things that are happening wouldn't and be and she's
1: very distraught over it as you know uh-huh. one would be
0: uh so the two guards come in the one is deaf mm-hmm. uh they they this is the first time i think she learns that paul is alive because they say that they have him but mm-hmm. he's still drugged yeah um
1: i actually really enjoy this because they they kind of, like, uh, do a dead man's carry of Jessica out into the hall and throw her on this litter with someone else that's bound and gagged, or bound, and she turns around and and sees that it's Paul, and he's not gagged. Yeah. So they obviously don't think highly enough of Paul's training and abilities quite yet mm-hmm. to really take him seriously as a threat, because he's also bound with, like, just regular regular rope.
0: And so their their big plan is that they're going to take them out to the desert, cut them up and then like let worms destroy them. Mhm. Uh flawless plan. What could go wrong? Yeah, no. There's no possible way. <laughs> she realizes, yeah, she realizes that Paul is awake mm-hmm. and she's just like he doesn't know the guard is deaf, so he might try to do the voice and she's just like, "Oh my god. Don't try to do it." <laughs> <laughs> come on but he doesn't do it uh, and then we kind of switch to Paul's POV
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: he realizes I think then he does realize we, we know from his point of view now that he does know that one of the guards is deaf and he's wondering like how his mom got captured because he took yet another sleeping drug from <laughs> Dr. Yui and this one knocked him out entirely Right. And then he's still, like, he's realized that the traitor is UA, but he's still just like, that can't happen. It's like, oh, (laughs) we're past this, everyone.
1: Yeah. Get it together. Yeah, they're all like, but how? Yeah. It's shockingly easily, as it turns out. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So they get into an ornithopter yeah with, with these two uh, dudes
1: the two uh guards zygo and kynet i think are their names and, and not, <laughs> not that you real need, names not Those that you need yeah not that you Star really Wars need names. to know this i only know that it's spelled c-z-i-g-o but i only know it's zygo because i listened to the audiobook um so i had to show off a little sorry <laughs> <laughs>
0: We we once again someone calls Jessica Benny Gesserit witch.
1: Mm-hmm. They're both like, mm, she looks good. Yeah, uh, you know they're just like,
0: there's a definite thing also that occurs in this book mm-hmm. where when we get dialogue from like soldiers, there's a lot more like the grammar gets a little like this is the common man.
1: Yeah, it is a little yeah. more like just
0: uh them are worms, you know, things like
1: that. <laughs> well, I mean, one of them, the one they call Scarface, uh, says yeah. Like you have people <laughs> saying yeah. And you know, it it's just weird. <laughs> um so at this
0: point they start to like she so Jessica realizes as they're put in this uh, the thopter that mm-hmm. the strap that she, that she like her seatbelt is cut, yeah. So that sh- it could be broken very easily, and she realizes that somebody has prepped this this ornithopter for them to be able to escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start talking about you know how good she looks and if she's highborn and blah blah yeah. blah.
1: And hey, um, we could we don't have to cut her right away. We could have a little fun first.
0: Uh, Paul Paul tries to talk tough, but yeah. they're just like, "Yeah, okay, kid."
1: Okay, you're 15. Shut up.
0: Um, Jessica's just like, "Yeah, he's not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll work, but nah, it's not gonna work." <laughs> uh, she realizes that you know these guards are gonna be killed as soon as they come back and say everything worked because because the Baron aren't doesn't want enough. Yeah, he doesn't want to leave any out.
1: witnesses or loose ends that can say definitively what happened to Jessica and Paul.
0: Uh, she also realizes that someone is following them
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in another factor. And then yeah. she realizes that it's probably, like, she assumes it's it's someone that the Baron must have sent to, like, watch and make sure that this went well. That yeah, and she be assumes
1: just... that there's someone following them as well. To, mm-hmm. Like, they're triple hedging their bets there. Uh, so
0: they land. This is when they decide, like, oh, maybe... We should, you know, do some stuff. Uh, Paul manages to use just enough of the voice to get them to take Jessica's gag off. Mm-hmm. And there's...
1: He kind of botches it, though. It Yeah. It doesn't it's really not... go the way he wants it to go. And she's kind of able to sort of, like, spit the gag out on her own. Yeah, Jessica's just, like, his his voice is uh, pitched too high. It needs work. <laughs> right. Um, but she, I mean, she knows that they both know, like, he knows he's rubbish and she knows (laughs) that he's going to be rubbish. So, but she does manage to get the gag off. And I actually love what she does with the guards. Um, she kind of starts like writhing around. It's like, there's no need to fight over me, boys. (laughs) It's just like very
0: good. (laughs) Like Paul's just like, like, "Mm
1: -hmm."
0: I'll just sit here, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Paul is V. Uncomp And then
0: Scarface is just like, yeah, no, there's no reason to fight, and he cuts the pilot's throat. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, ha-ha. But as he's trying to do that... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, as he's trying to do that, the other guy is also attacking him. Mm-hmm. And so then they, they... Oh, my God. Eventually, they all just die. Yeah. Like, this... I'm they losing only, track of who's who.
1: They end up killing each other for the most part, except for the the guy who's deaf, who um, Paul ends up killing with a, a a well-placed kick to the diaphragm. Mm-hmm. hi yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: she's just like, yeah, why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. I could have done it. And he's just like, oh, well, uh, I... I want her to do it too. Like I'm helping.
1: <laughs> I wanna kill people too, Mom.
0: Uh she realizes Son, I
1: worry about Paul. I worry about you. <laughs> Sometimes I we worry need to talk about Paul a lot.
0: <laughs> uh she realizes that Yui's house sign is on the ceiling of the cabin
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that there's something under the pilot's seat. And, and she it's real...
1: all gross with blood.
0: Yes, which is a waste of moisture.
1: Yeah. She's thinking like a Fremen now.
0: Mhm. And as they're like as she goes to try to look for that Paul starts looking around to see where they are and as Jessica is getting this bundle that was under the pilot seat out of the thopter she sees another thopter coming and she shouts to Paul to run because it's Harkonnens.
1: Yeah. They're coming to make sure the job was done. So if they get there, they land and see that you know, Paul and Jessica are still alive, and the rest of the guards are empty. Well, or are dead. Then it's not going to go very well for them. No, but I mean,
0: I'm just going to spoiler. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Right. Who could it be?
1: Hmm. Let me think. <laughs> Who
0: haven't we seen in a while? <laughs> Who is sleeping it off?
1: Right. <laughs> who Who woke him up indeed yeah
0: (laughs) I've never been entirely clear on that
1: yeah who woke Duncan up
0: yeah who went in there and was like dude
1: (laughs) well you know sometimes when you just like have had way too much to drink and you're trying to sleep it off you get so thirsty you have to get up (laughs) and drink water can you imagine being that drunk on Arrakis where there isn't like where water is such a commodity oh my god like to me like consuming you know any kind of alcoholic beverage on a planet where there is no water is incredibly indulgent and stupid yeah i i actually am just now coming to this realization i'm not kidding (laughs) i mean choices were made yeah weren't they weren't great They weren't always the correct choice. So that is pretty much the end of this chapter with Mm -hmm. Jessica and Paul on the run, on the rocks. It's a pretty exciting scene in the movie. I mean, it's it's not an unexciting scene in the book. It's just
0: frustrating. And they do that cool like reverb thing when they're doing the Mm -hmm. voice in the movie.
1: Yeah, I like that. And I'm kind of really looking forward to seeing how they do the voice in the new movie mm-hmm. too because that's one of my favorite things like the Bene Gesserit are without a doubt like my favorite part of this series like mm-hmm. and, and they're so pivotal in the later books as well like the whole order and, and what they can do it's so fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> just like I really geek out o- over over my witch sisters so <laughs> <laughs> I mean I just love there's this whole like political faction, this whole like powerful, you know, sort of group organization that is just all women and they're all they all have these badass skills. It's kind of great.
0: Uh-huh. Oh no, yeah. I
1: agree. I'm pro-Betty Gesserit. And if you're not, then you are definitely listening to the wrong show. <laughs> Well, I don't trust these witches. That's supposed to be someone's review. (laughs) Yeah, I'm amazed it hasn't been yet. (laughs) That'd be amazing. (laughs) Oh, man. So, good, good chapter? No, definitely not, but exciting chapter, (laughs) for sure. Yeah, a lot of stuff is,
0: this is when, the issue, I think, with with this is that so many things are all happening at the same time, but obviously Mm -hmm. we can't see them at the same time because it's a book.
1: It's really hard to tell like this story is not told in a linear fashion Mm -hmm. um, because like we're switching back and forth viewpoints of things that are happening at the same time or sometimes we'll go back a bit. You know, it's it's all it's a little bit of a mess, uh, like keeping track. But it does make it exciting. Yeah. Yeah. This was by far like this chapter, I think, was probably the most exciting one we've had in a while.
0: Yeah, no, it was definitely like the most happening. We got to see Jessica use her skills. We got to see Paul fail. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he successfully, uh, you know, kicks a guy's to the diaphragm. and To, to death. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh-huh. Take that. You'll never sing again. I mean, that's a pretty brutal thing yeah. to do. I mean i don't want to die that way that's for sure no don't fight any 15 year old <laughs> yeah they're they always dirty. kicking in it they're always kicking in diaphragms those they little dirty they use <laughs> slang i don't understand <laughs> right? yeah i i'm not gonna admit that i had to look up what yeet is but <laughs>
0: it might have happened <laughs> maybe they'll put that in the movie to be hip and they won't be hit by that point, but...
1: Yeah, when I mean, Paul, like, <laughs> kicks somebody in the diaphragm and just yells, yeet! <laughs> it's great. Timothy it's good Chalamet stuff. would
0: never. Someone was saying that they wanted him to be Prince Eric in the Little Mermaid movie, and I was like, we've already got him. Yeah. You have him in Dune World. He's, I, yeah. our, he's our noble son. <laughs> I noticed own. you said that. yeah. <laughs> Get a pretty new one. good. <laughs> He can't be everybody's prince that's true
1: he's our prince for for the moment
0: yeah well isn't even a prince he has yeah. no title which annoys me well he's a duke now well he's a duke now that's that is true yeah. all right fine <laughs> he's a duke now but he should have been something
1: okay Girl, so something uh, uh, on the on the subject of people in dune i'm going to get on a soapbox for a second here mm. and say please stop talking about Jason Momoa's body. It is okay if he is not working out every day and he let, you know doesn't have like a gazillion muscles. Personally, I think he looks better this way, like a little softer. Yeah. Um I prefer it. That's just my personal preference, but at the same time like it's his life. Everyone shut the fuck up and calm and, down. And he also just literally looks like he maybe had
0: like a pina colada before that. picture Yeah, I mean was taken. he's just like he's on it's, vacation. He's, yeah,
1: he's not look, eating just like. Fish do people understand and... like the work that goes into it? How hard it is on your body? Like he let the man live his life. Yeah, for really. Crying out loud.
0: Also, I really want someone to say to Lisa Bonet's face, like, oh, for real,
1: like, look ooh, at your husband. Oh, he's, he's got a dad bod now. She she will tear your face off. <laughs> rightfully so <laughs> I do not approve of that like I have been on record on this podcast as not being the biggest Jason Momoa fan in the world and I'm still not but it's still not cool to talk about his body
0: yeah and, and the same conversation I was I forget who it was now but there was some actress and other people were like yeah between this and so and so it's just like all of you just shut
1: up yeah please what is going on It's it's nobody's business it's nobody's so. business,
0: and I mean, I mean, and I get irritated by ridiculous things. But it's mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't imagine seeing a picture of an
1: incredibly in shape, attractive person and being like, "Well,
0: <laughs> I don't he see seventy five abs."
1: Yeah, I know. Like, we don't need the whole washboard thing. Honestly, I found that kind of gross. That's I- just me. I was annoyed by a character's baggy t-shirts in (laughs) mid-summer. Yeah. Every
0: time he was wearing one, I was like, what's up with your tees? Why'd you buy those? I don't understand.
1: Oh. So moving on, that's been, (laughs) that's been Bo's soapbox for the week. So, um. (laughs) We put it out there on the internet that you know if anyone has questions they want to ask us to tweet at us mm-hmm. at Weirding Pod and we did get some questions so I'll uh, just throw some of these out for you. Uh, Zach E eighty nine wants to know what announcements do you think we will get at San Diego Comic Con. Oh. Good question. Um, I am hoping that we at least find out if they're gonna feature Fade Uh in the first movie and if they have cast him, because it seems to be something that is pretty closely guarded at this point. Um, So that's something that I would like to know. Um, Any kind of production stills would be very cool. I doubt Uh it's like, I doubt it's at a point where they're ready to have footage to show, but a teaser would be very cool. Yeah, teaser, just yeah,
0: some some shots, some production stills. I so mean to because get an idea of just how the characters are looking.
1: The movie does come out in twenty twenty and San Diego Comic Con would be the place to launch a teaser. So mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that we'll see that. Um Yeah, I and, just at, at this yeah, point just...
0: I don't know if it's yeah, a reveal for who's gonna mm-hmm. be paid or if it's just they're not having but I feel like at this point they should have if they were going to I feel like if they were gonna make a change to the plot in that capacity, they would have mentioned mm-hmm. that in some of the conversation. Yeah. There would have been something like, Oh, but well, we're not introducing this character or that's
1: something that they'll discuss in yeah. the pa- at the panels uh mm-hmm. for San Diego Comic Con. So um that's something that we will be watching closely. When is Comic Con, by the way? Oh, um let me check (laughs) because i mean i say we'll be watching closely but i mean i probably won't be (laughs) oh it's uh so it's this coming thursday okay yeah i knew it was soon it's next week uh through next so next thursday through next sunday no i won't be there uh we have another question from our friends dune sf we like these guys a lot does the Reverend Mother Hello Mohame have the eyes of the Ebod?
0: I don't see why she would.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I don't. She's not. She's not doing. Not doing the spice. I don't know what you call right. it. Um, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to gauge because I mean, I think if you live on Arrakis, it's just sort of inevitable at a certain point because it's in literally everything. But she doesn't mm-hmm. live on Arrakis, so.
1: Yeah. No, I would um, say no. Yeah, I, I was kind of on the fence because I know that the Reverend Mothers do use like the spice and the water of life uh-huh. and things like that. And I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have to drink the water of life to become a Reverend Mother, is that only on Arrakis? And from what I understood, once you drink the water, it turns your eyes blue within blue. But it seems to me like that's just a movie thing. Um, had that happened, like, Paul definitely would have noticed when she came to visit. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he no, see he like, every blue. time he sees the blue and blue eyes, he's like, oh, a Fremen. They have the eyes. <laughs> you know, he's very, like, he geeks he's out about it every time. Yeah. So, I, I don't think that she does. I think that that is something that maybe they worked into the film version that's not like canon and now i can't remember because now if i try to picture it i'm just seeing it because my brain is doing that (laughs) we're just wired to project david lynch all the time
0: well even in the mini series well well,
1: everyone had the weirdest spice eyes (laughs) oh gosh yeah it was electric blue yeah they really did cue the ice house Um, so we got another tweet and this was less of a, a question, but, uh, we had a couple tweets from a new follower, Jillian, Gillian, Jillian, I'm assuming. Um, hi, Jillian. She tweeted out when we were discussing, I, I suppose she listened to our casting, like our dream cast episode way back on episode one, with Gina Radcliffe. Um, she says the exact second I was 1000% Sold on weirding pod was fantasy casting a Turkish actor from Magnificent Century. That was Woo-hoo! you, Megan. Was me. <laughs> uh, another Turkish actor I would suggest is... um, Holy shit. This name.
0: Yeah, I wasn't entirely sure how to pronounce it.
1: Uh, Sinjiz Koskun. Very possibly I butchered that uh, as... As Duncan Idaho, but there's a photo, and yeah, he's fine.
0: Yeah, no, I I was just like, well, hello.
1: I'm, yeah, hello, sir. <laughs> um, I am very into this.
0: Yeah, he was definitely a. He's a good-looking dude. I appreciate yeah, that. Is, casting.
1: He's a biscuit. Yeah, I would I would follow that Duncan <laughs> through many iterations. <laughs> <laughs> over and
0: over and over again.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, I'm just always so happy when someone knows Magnificent Century because it was like this huge vogue in on on Tumblr. Because I mean, obviously it was mm. like hugely popular in other parts of the world, um, but then
1: yeah, but we live it, like, in America and yeah. America's terrible, so
0: it was like this huge embrace on on Tumblr. I guess when it was on Netflix or something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it then, and so now it's one of those things where you kind of come in after everyone's talked about it already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so whenever somebody like knows it, I'm just like, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So and then we also have a new review, and this is exciting. It is. Um. Okay. So this is from Bing, one one six. Hello, Bing. I am so glad to have had someone recommend this podcast to me. It feels like I've joined a dorky book club with all my interests <laughs> accounted for, and I use dorky in absolute best sense of the word. Well, thank you. I'd love the analysis of each of the chapters as well as the tangents to dive into little pockets of nerddom I don't often chat about in my day-to-day. Keep it up. Woo-hoo! So thank you for that. And on that note, speaking of pockets of nerddom, we have a little fun announcement, don't we, Megan? We do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we... Loaded this idea to you last week, and you said yes, absolutely, <laughs> like immediately. We didn't even have to think about it. So, we have three more chapters left in Book One of Dune, and I think we're going to take is, a. a sh- just so everyone is like,
0: we're on the same page. The book Dune is separated into books.
1: Yeah, it's, not it's,
0: between it's, Dune and like Dune Messiah. No, right?
1: No. So this is Lord all no. we're we're still on Dune. Uh. I'll just say parts. Okay. So we're still on the Dune, like the first book in the series, but the book is separated into three parts. So we're three chapters until we get to part two. And we're going to take a little break then. Not a long one, just a short one, but you will still have content because (laughs) Megan (laughs) and I are going to do a special episode on our other favorite interest, our favorite thing to talk about. Dark Tower podcast. <laughs> yes, we're gonna talk about Stephen King's The Dark Tower. We're super excited. If that does not interest you, we totally understand we will it's just gonna be a one-off thing. We might yeah. do one in between each book. We'll just see uh how that goes, or maybe we'll talk about each book in the series in between. Uh we're still kind of hammering out the details, yeah. but uh yeah, it's just something different that we want to talk about that we have a lot to say <laughs> maybe we'll get some of it off of our chest then... i know and we'll talk about less on the show <laughs> but if uh you like stephen king's the dark tower if you don't like it even i'm sure we'll have pros and cons for anyone if you thinking oh, yeah. about reading it it will be very spoilery but I think you'll be fine yeah (laughs) it's really hard to spoil the dark like it's just so weird that when people tell you what things that happen in it you're like well that can't be true (laughs) it's yeah that or even if you find out you're still
0: kind of but how does that happen (laughs)
1: right I don't I don't understand you tell someone the ending of the stand they're like okay no yeah
0: don't believe you like nope
1: (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of The Stand, I also want to put in a quick plug, and I don't know, this will probably lose us a few followers because he's a very controversial character. Um, I just finished Chuck Wendig's Wanderers. Whatever you think about Chuck Wendig as a person, as a writer, this is an excellent book. If you like The Stand, it's great. Yeah, it's really excellent. I liked it a lot. It definitely had uh, the same, like, feel and flavor of The Stand, but with Uh, The fantastical elements were a little more grounded. Uh, The ending was not quite so Mm batshit. I mean, it was kind of batshit, but not quite that level of batshit. No, no, no. Hand of God. (laughs) No hand of God. Someone becomes a god.
0: Ooh, always like that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Always like that. In in a way. I don't want to give too much away. Hey, I still like that too. (laughs) Yeah. So... (laughs)
0: our bread and butter
1: yeah <laughs> um but that was an excellent book anyway
0: uh i am not reading anything about the end of the world i am reading a book called i have to verify just because this guy has books that have very similar uh, mm-hmm. titles i am reading a book called slime by john oh. halkin
1: which is about nice. killer jellyfish <laughs> I don't like that. I've been bitten by jellyfish before. It is no fun. Well, these, yeah, to the next level. There is one thing that we can both recommend, though, that not a book, but a movie we saw this week. Oh, we can. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited. We have a few minutes. We could talk about it. Mm. How much did you love Midsummer? Very, very much. Oh, my God. It was so good. (laughs) (laughs) And that's another one that, you know, there's been some hot takes. Um, I'm not interested I, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm so cannot tell you how uninterested I am in midsummer hot takes like I, there, I mean, I, to be I will say this I've seen some
0: people's issues with certain elements that I do think are valid because mm. I don't I don't consider those hot takes necessarily there's some language that some people have issues with mm. uh, there's you know some elements of the story that people have had like eh, could we lean away from that Uh, which I think those are all valid points and that's those are fair those are not hot Mm -hmm. takes like I've seen people that are just like I don't understand why such and such a thing happened and it's like
1: why are all the bad guys (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah Uh, so stuff like that Um, I don't know real life (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm just now I have that vine in my head again four female (laughs) ghostbusters feminists are taking over (laughs) yeah
1: oh god bless i love that so much (laughs) my foofer vine right
0: (laughs) um yeah yeah, so it's very very good it's uh if you like folk horror Mm -hmm. so which is a huge uh big favorite genre of mine yeah uh so i will say that especially if you enjoy a lot of folk horror so you know Mm -hmm. the wicker man uh, yeah things like that a lot of the beats are very familiar yeah. There's definitely going to be stuff where something is being led up to where some people are going to be like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And You'll probably be like, oh, I bet this is going to happen.
1: And I think but... you should be upfront about the fact that I don't know that I would really quantify this as a horror film. No. Like, I yeah. know the people that I went to see this movie with were very much like... I was expecting jump scares. I wasn't scared the whole time. And I'm like, well, good for you, I guess. But like, <laughs> it's not hereditary. It's not, no, it's not no. sunny. It's always sunny and hereditary. Like, it's not that. <laughs> it's, it's a different, yeah. it's a very different film from hereditary. Yeah,
0: I think Ari Aster's, you know, called it like more of a fairy tale, which I agree with. And I He's think. He's
1: called it Wizard of Oz for perverts. And I feel like that's pretty <laughs> apt.
0: That's kind of what the opening art looks like. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and I think that that is also something that I know bugs people because that was another problem that I know a lot of people had with The Witch was that a mm. lot of people were like, oh, but it wasn't like a really scary movie. And it's like, well, they call it a New England folktale. Yeah. Like not all fairy tales, not all folktales are necessarily quote unquote scary. Yeah. Um, I did see a trailer for Crawl, which seems pretty scary because mm-hmm. it's alligators. Um, yeah sure and scary stories to tell the dark
1: yeah i didn't see that That i did they showed a trailer for it which yeah it It part two which Mm -hmm. i'm excited for so um
0: that definitely that funniest part with that was just at the end of that trailer there was uh the theater when i saw Midsummer. i saw it in the the afternoon on a Mm. tuesday so it was very empty it was just me and then two other people came in later uh but at the end of the trailer for it someone behind me just went no (laughs) just this sort of sad just oh no (laughs) and the person they were with like clearly was trying not to laugh but it was just the saddest little like oh no a clown (laughs) like it's it's the clowns here again
1: (laughs) well i know at the end of our screening screening of midsummer someone (laughs) like one girl just said Well, all right. (laughs) At the very end, after the screen went dark, everyone laughed. It was great. Um, Yeah, it's so good, though. And I, um, first guest, Gina Radcliffe, has an excellent analysis on her blog, GinaRadcliffe.com. I highly recommend everyone go read it because it's a lot about how, like, our society, how we treat things like grief and emotion. And I'm not talking about, like, just we're fine with happy emotions but we're not cool with th- with you know sadness mm-hmm. grief frustration anger like we're really not allowed to express that and this movie kind of takes us to task for that and I feel like it's a really important way of looking at the movie going in and that everyone just go to Gina Radcliffe.com and read that piece because it's really really good yes and see Midsummer
0: also yeah as well please yeah i really think that that's a a good i know it's not always possible for everyone but i do think that's a really good theater movie
1: yeah i agree and i told like i might actually convince my husband the horror phobe to go see it because to me like we watched three seasons of hannibal and i didn't feel like any like there were a couple scenes that were a little more extreme than that but for the most part that's kind of the aesthetic that they were working with it was this very like hannibal-esque aesthetic
0: yeah, and if you've ever just, you know, watched an episode of, like, Vikings or something. Yeah. you know, the level You'll of be a little You'll be fine.
1: You'll be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think that should probably wrap us up for the week, unless you have anything else to plug. I don't, except
0: other people's work. summer, <laughs> and read Gina's analysis of Midsummer. <laughs> it's so good. It really is just so good. Also, if you like Midsummer or things like that... um mm-hmm. So obviously The Wicker Man is a classic, the original. Mm-hmm. Like you can watch the the remake, I guess, if you're feeling like that's a thing. You'd like to short sure. time. Um, but you can also, there are great things like I not necessarily uh the Blackwater saga by Michael McDowell, which is a horror saga that mm-hmm. is more goth like southern gothic, um, but there's some elements in there of like sort of you know small town folk legend. Uh, Myths and stuff. Good.
1: I like that um, kind of stuff.
0: Ritual by David uh, Pin, which is the, or, uh, the the kind of pre like came before Wicker Man.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: I'm sorry, Pinner. And no, uh, not Pin. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Under no circumstances am I referring <laughs> to the film or novel Pin. Oh God. <laughs> um, now I have to go find something to harass people we know with. <laughs> Uh, but my favorite is, uh, novel-wise, is Harvest Home by Thomas Tryon. Uh, that is a really good one to look for. I know that it's, you can usually find it at used bookstores. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if Valancourt Press has re-released that one specifically. Or, um,
1: or you could just read some good old-fashioned Shirley Jackson. Always that, but it, you yeah. know, if you want something longer
0: yeah, than The Lottery. But also <laughs> read The Lottery, because obviously,
1: I mean, Shirley it's Jackson is amazing. Yeah. And there's I mean, a lot of British really uh, fiction is amazing.
0: British. The British kind of kind of do have
1: that superior core Yeah. Well, it's so spooky over there. <laughs> they've got the moors. You know, they've got like some ver like we have very remote and haunted looking places. I mean, yeah. there's so much media and so much so many things created around how like the Midwest is so super haunted. Mm-hmm. Like the whole show Supernatural is based on that. Uh <laughs> but i don't know there's just a level i I guess because there is a level of otherness and being outside of it that makes it more spooky with like english horror or even now like scandinavian horror the movie uh the ritual the netflix movie that Mm -hmm. was out last year is also set in sweden Mm -hmm. also very creepy (laughs) uh yes (laughs) yes No, I'm not, I was going to make my joke about the
0: snowman, but that was not a folk horror movie. That was just <laughs> a crime drama set in Norway. Uh, but yeah, that I think the thing. I mean, and it's such a thing in England that I mean that's part of what like Hot Fuzz is parodying. Yeah, you know that that's such a thing there. But uh, yeah, Midsummer in yes, theaters please now. Please, please go see it.
1: Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. Your experiences reading Dune. Can reach us on Twitter at WeirdingPod, weirdingpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit us on our Facebook page. We love getting new likes. We got some new likes today, and I'm always happy about it. Um, don't forget to show us your covers, your Lato 2 fan art, anything you want for us to see, put the hashtag, hashtag send dunes on it. We will see it. Check it all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love it can't get enough possibly too much are we on twitter too much i think maybe (laughs) i know i definitely am because i have two podcast accounts and my author account and (laughs) i am switching between them all day and i frequently forget which account i'm logged into and we'll like reply to the wrong thing we occasionally send each other the same thing that we just saw on twitter yeah it happens all the time (laughs) and it'll be like way too early for that to be happening but there we are <laughs> yeah. yes you sent me a picture of david harbour this morning that was like i just saw it and it is too it is 5 30 in the morning here it is too early for this level of
0: fucking animal
1: magnetism that's happening in this photo he's david a harbour very in dune oh my god There's like still he time is, he is so sexy i'm just <laughs> i know that hopper is like taking a lot of crap for this season of stranger things and they did write his character a little weird (laughs) like I don't agree with all of those decisions but uh David Harbour as a person like hell yes (laughs) hell yes oh we're just pro everything yeah I'm (laughs) feeling very happy today so (laughs) (laughs) so that'll do it for this week we'll catch you next week bye